0: Okay, now for the official bit. Um, In the name and by the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ, the sole king, and head of the church, who gives gifts that we've just heard, uh, for the edifying of the church, the body of Christ, we have met here tonight as a commission of North Belfast Presbytery for the licensing of David Dickinson as a probationer for the ministerial office. The standards of the Church, including the rule of faith, are stated in Chapter 1, paragraphs 10 to 14 of the Code, which I now invite the Clerk to come up and read for us. Thanks, Trevor.
1: Good evening. I hope you're sitting comfortably. My name is Trevor, Trevor Long. I'm clerk of the presbytery at the present time and this service is part of what we do as a presbytery because we're not just individual congregations. We are gathered together in the presbytery of North Belfast and we work together and support one another. And so this tonight is part of this life that is the congregation of Carn Money and Central but also of our presbytery. And so we're part of PCI. And formally, I want to report to the commission and to you that everything is in order for us to proceed. We have received apologies. We've received an apology from our moderator, Reverend Ian Cahoon, who can't be with us tonight. Uh, And so Stephen kindly has agreed to stand in for us, and we thank him for that. Uh, We also have formal apologies from Brian Givens, who is one of your elders, but he is also the representative elder to presbytery from this congregation, and he sends his apology, as does your clerk of session, Paul. But my job now is to read to you from section three in the code of the Presbyterian Church, the standards of the church. The word of God as set forth in the scriptures of the Old and New Testaments is the only infallible rule of faith and practice and the supreme standard of the church. It is the privilege, right and duty of every person to examine the scriptures and each individual is bound to submit to their authority. Having formed a definite conviction as to what the will of God is upon any subject, it is each person's duty to accept and obey it. In exercising the God-given right of private judgment, individual Christians are not to set their reason above the word of God or to refuse light from any quarter. Guided by the Holy Spirit, They are to use their reason to ascertain the divine will as revealed in Scripture and are to refuse to subject conscience to any authority except that of the word of God. In the words of the Westminster Confession, God alone is Lord of the conscience and has left it free from the doctrines and commandments of men which are in anything contrary to his word." or beside it in matters of faith or worship. It continues. The Presbyterian Church in Ireland, as a witness for Christ, has adopted subordinate standards. In these are found what the church understands the word of God to teach on certain important points of doctrine and worship. These subordinate standards are a testimony for truth and against error and serve as a bond of union for members of the church. The Confession of Faith as approved by the Church of Scotland in her Act of 1647 and the larger and shorter catechisms prepared by the Westminster Assembly of Divines are the subordinate standards of the Presbyterian Church in Ireland Accepting these subordinate standards, the church holds that civil rulers must be obedient to Christ in their own area of authority, yet they ought not to attempt in any way to constrain any person's religious beliefs or intrude upon their rights of conscience. And finally, the church alone has the right to interpret and to explain her standards under the guidance of the Spirit of God.
0: Thank you, Trevor. Okay, Dave, having heard the declaration of presbytery and statement on our standards and rule of faith, I now require you to answer the following questions. Firstly, on your personal sense of calling. So far as you know your own heart, have you been induced to seek the office of ministry from love to God and from a sincere desire to win souls for Christ and to promote God's glory? Have you? Do you believe the word of God is set forth in the scriptures of the Old and New Testament to be the only infallible rule of faith and practice? Do you? Do you accept the Westminster Confession of Faith as described in the statement from the code read by Trevor? to be founded on and agreeable to the word of God, and as such do you acknowledge it as a confession of your faith, and do you accept the catechisms compiled by the Assembly of Divines at Westminster and received as the catechisms of this church? Do you? Are you resolved through God's grace firmly and constantly to adhere to the fundamental doctrines of the faith set forth in the said confession and catechisms, And to teach and defend them to the utmost of your power against all error, are you? And do you believe the Presbyterian form of church government to be founded on and agreeable to the word of God? And do you promise to adhere to and support it and to yield submission in the Lord to the courts of this church? Do you? You have confessed your belief that the word of God contained in the scriptures of the Old and New Testament is the only infallible rule of faith. It is under that supreme standard which alone is final, and this church holds its subordinate standards. This being understood, are you now prepared to subscribe in terms of the General Assembly's formula? I believe the Westminster Confession of Faith is described in the Code, chapter 1, paragraphs 12 to 14, to be founded on and agreeable to the Word of God, and as such I subscribe it as the confession of my faith. Are you? I'm going to invite you to do so now. Dave, in the name and by the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ, the King and Head of the Church, We, the Presbytery of North Belfast, do hereby license you, David Dickinson, to preach the gospel publicly as a probationer for the ministerial office. I'm going to ask you to kneel, and I'm going to pray for you now. Let's David kneel, and we'll stand as a congregation. Our Father in heaven, you have established your church upon the earth. And you have promised that the gates of hell will not prevail against her. You have blessed your church with your Holy Spirit who has guided her throughout the generations. And Father, you have called and chosen various people to serve us in your church, Lord. And we thank you tonight that by your grace you have called and chosen Dave to serve you in the way in which you lead him to do so. And we ask, Father, for your Holy Spirit to be poured out upon us as a commission of North Belfast Presbytery, as the congregation of Carn Money, and upon David in the name of King Jesus. Grant, Lord, that his heart would be ablaze with a love for you and a yearning desire to see others love you too. Grant, Lord, that he might love those under his care and that he would be faithful to his duties. And, Father, we thank you for Carn Money and Central, for Stuart and the Kirk Session and Dave and all those who serve you here for the work of the gospel in this church. We pray for the surrounding areas tonight and we pray again that you would pour your spirit out on them. As we stand tonight, Lord, would you deepen our faith? Would you make us a worthy example to those around us and give us a love for them? Keep us zealous for the proclamation of Jesus and for the extension and furtherance of his kingdom. Father, we pray these things tonight in your son's name, our saviour and Lord, Jesus Christ. Amen. You can be seated, and Dave, I'm going to invite your dad to come up now, and he's going to read to us, John.
2: Let's hear God's word as we find it in the third chapter of Paul's letter to the Ephesians. We're going to read from verse one through to verse thirteen. Um, this chapter, third chapter of Ephesians, is one of the high points of all of Paul's writings, and the verses we're going to read are an aside. What an incredible aside! For this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles. Surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you, that is, the mystery made known to me by revelation, as I have already written briefly. In reading this, then you will be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ which was not made known to people in other generations as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to God's holy apostles and prophets. This mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, and sharers together in the promise in Christ Jesus. I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power. Although I am less than the least of all the Lord's people, this grace was given me to preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery, which for ages past was kept hidden in God who created all things. His intent was that now through the church The manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms, according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. In him and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. I ask you, therefore, not to be discouraged because of my sufferings for you, which are your glory. Amen, and the Lord will bless his truth to all our hearts. For Christ's sake, we ask it. Just before I hand over to your minister to preach the charge to the licentiate and the congregation, I want to say a couple of short things. This is a special night for the Carnmoney Church family. We've seen Michael Wiley ordained to ministry in Green Island Baptist Church and seen James Crockett and Ross Monroe ordained to ministry in Marilyn Parish Church. But tonight we see David's worship, leadership and preaching gifts which were developed here among us recognized in our own meeting house in his licensure by the presbytery as the first step towards ordination for him too. Tonight is such a confirmation, too, of that courageous decision the session took to plant a new church and to appoint you, David. Oh, there you are. You've moved. (laughs) To lead the plant team. And tonight, the church we birthed also takes a big step towards becoming of age. Secondly, this is also a special night for my family. We are so proud of you, David, and your courage and commitment in answering God's call to the city of Belfast by becoming a minister and a church leader, something you said you would never do. (laughs) For some reason, when you were born, Professor Harley, who delivered you, omitted to sever the umbilical cord. And until your early 20s, the cry, Mom, Mom, <laughs> rang constantly through the house. I am so sorry that Christine did not get to see this moment, but maybe in some way or another she knows anyway. I hope so. Thirdly, this is a special night for you and Joy and Elle and Levi. For you have sacrificed so much as a family to get to this moment. Joy is your constant companion and constructive critic in your calling as well as your wife. And Elle and Levi are a constant challenge to find a way to do church which will attract and welcome the next generation. You are a fourth generation preacher yourself. Your great-grandfather worked in the shipyard, but preached many weekends in the mission halls of East Belfast. And your grandfather and your dad stood at points in the past where you stand tonight. Knowing L as I do, the fifth generation may well be a woman. (laughs) Finally, son, Lisa and me, wish you the rich blessing of the Lord on all you are becoming and on all you are doing. You have effectively become our minister and we are deeply grateful for that. You are a good preacher. People in Carn Money always love to tell me how much better than me you really are. <laughs> so rather than leave you for, with a word from me, I want to leave you with a word from your grandfather. The Presbytery of East Belfast invited him to preach the charge at my ordination in Bloomfield 43 years ago. And I still have the text of a sermon during which he said this. People may regard your ministry in different ways. And of course, there will be times when you alone, of all those whose help is sought, will have the answer that is needed. But there will also be times when you too will only be able to weep in silent fellowship with those whose grief or tragedy is beyond human counsel or advice. Yet here too, as in every other circumstance, it will be your privilege to minister the word of the living God and to assert with humble yet unshakable confidence the goodness of his purposes To bring young and old alike into saving, satisfying, and sustaining touch with himself. Such a ministry cannot be esteemed too highly and dare not be regarded too lightly. God bless you, son. Good evening, everyone.
3: Good evening, Uh, my name is Stuart, Uh, I'm the minister here in Carn Money in case you don't know me, I'm John's successor Um, and you know I I actually stand here tonight quite emotional in lots of ways um, for lots of reasons Um, and it's a a wonderful occasion to be here. Um, John thank you and Lisa for being here tonight. I want to say that. It's lovely to have you here. Thank you for reading God's word, John, and, and for sharing those words. This morning, actually, I was in Port Stewart, and I preached on legacy. And I think we've just heard legacy and fleshed and, and spoken about in such a beautiful way. Um, John, I know that Central was very much a dream within your heart and the heart the hearts of the leadership here in Carmonie. Um, and to be here tonight must be incredibly special for you. Um, John, I want to say too, you're looking really well. In fact, you're looking very dapper. And suddenly, as your successor, I feel very, very scruffy. <laughs> I need to get one of those lovely ties. Um, I've actually—I don't know if you know this—I've actually known Dave for for years like years way beyond uh, my time here in Carn Money, going back to school days, actually, Dave. Um, Esther was in my year in school, um, way smarter than me, Esther, still are. Um, but I do believe, Dave, in my final year at school um, in BRA, I was a prefect, and I think I was part of a group of, of guys who had the, the thankless task of overseeing your year group. Um, a group of boys who were we rascals um, was about the only way I can remember it. Um, I'm not sure if anything really has changed that much, um, but those were good days, and it's my joy, um, it's my privilege, Dave, and joy and your family, uh, your friends, your Carmini family, your central family here tonight. It's my privilege to be here tonight um, in this moment. It's my joy and privilege actually to open up God's Word, Dave, and and to preach a charge to you from my limited um, knowledge and experience. Um, But it is my privilege to do so. Um, It's lovely to have family and friends here tonight And of course, it is wonderful to have our Central family here. If you're here tonight and you're from Central, um, and maybe you've never even been into this church building, you're so welcome. And I want you to know that we love you. And we love you and we pray for you all the time the leadership of this church, our elders, we pray for you every single week. Some of this might be a little bit strange um, to some of you, but we're so thankful um, that you're here and that you're a part of this. And we do hope and we pray that something of the beauty and the joy and the significance of this moment resonates within your hearts. Dave, um, you're living the dream I mean, come on, Central is a dream. It's a dream that has and is coming to pass. You and the team at Central are living out a God given, spirit birthed dream, wonderful vision for what God can do in our city centre. You know, whenever I was back at college in sort of 2013, 2014, I had a kind of similar sort of dream. In my heart, I went on and on and on to anyone who would listen about what I believed and still believe is the urgent need within our denomination for pioneer ministry, for church planting, for replanting of churches, and therefore within our denomination, flexible pathways that will help um, with that and so on. I remember, Dave, I even paid to go to America, to go to Philadelphia in the summer of 2014, to try to get some experience of what that might look like. And I felt then, and I still feel now, that in many ways, it's kind of do or die for us as a denomination in certain places and in certain parts of our country, particularly in and around our urban centers. And so thanks to Dave Leach, Dave's here tonight, I think, and others um, at Union College and within our denomination for facilitating movement like this. I want to publicly say that. We really do value that and appreciate all that you have done in the background. I know the work that has gone on in the background. No more time for ground to be lost. No more time. And just over a year ago, Dave, when word came out that, that we would we could be on our way here to Carminae, some of my colleagues, um, who will remain nameless, said things like, you know, it comes with that central thing. <laughs> that city center thing, that thing going on in, in Belfast. I don't really know what it is, but it comes with that, you know. What are you going to do about that? How do you feel about that, Stuart? And see, to be honest, my response was, you, you want to know how I feel? They're living a God-given dream and vision and vision that is being birthed before our eyes, a kingdom dream. I'd love to help encourage them in whatever way I possibly can. And Dave, I pray that I have been that little bit of encouragement and that I will be and that we will be in the days that are still to come. So here we are tonight. The church is God's plan A, Dave. God's plan A. One pastor said this. He said, first, let's make sure that we're not guilty of belittling God's church in any way. It's not a social club. It's not a building. And it's not an option. The church is life and death. The church is God's strategy for reaching our world. And what we do inside the church really matters. We tend to equate church life with events and programs, but these are not what make a church church. Programs are helpful to the extent that they facilitate the life and the mission of any church. But the the church is a group of redeemed people who live and serve together in such a way that their lives and whole uh, communities can be transformed. We believe that about the local church. We're just a group of redeemed people loving and serving the Lord together Because we believe that our lives have been transformed and whole communities can be transformed through the grace of Jesus Christ at work in and through the church. Martin Lloyd Jones once said we must cease to think of the church as a gathering of institutions and organizations, and we must get back to the notion that we are the people of God. We are the people of God. But like you, Dave, becoming a Presbyterian minister was never something I ever anticipated. I did not ever have that conversation and um, with the careers advisor at school um, or anything like that. It was not on my radar. But I remember the day that I went into Union College to have that conversation with Ronnie Heatherington, who was a forerunner of yours, Dave, um, way back. Uh, and I had this conversation with Ronnie about what this... Looked like, what this would look like, what this would mean for me and for my family, what this strange sense of calling in my heart might come to. And I, I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure when I walked out those doors. And before I, before, before I left the main doors of the college, I sat down on the bench and I opened up my Bible. And it was one of those moments that just opened up to these words. And I don't recommend this as a kind of a way to read God's word all the time. Just open it up and that'll do, you know, land the finger. But my Bible opened up to the words that John read a few moments ago. And I read this, that God's intent was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God would be made known to the rulers and to the authorities in the heavenly realms according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Jesus Christ, our Lord. And in that moment, my heart was penetrated. God is making himself and his manifold wisdom known in this world. And how does God do that, Dave? Through the church. Through this strange group of people, redeemed by grace, who come together like this, who come to worship God, who come to know Jesus and to make him known in this world. The church is God's plan, eh? And Dave, tonight is another kind of marker moment for you, and for joy, and for your family, and for the central family, and for us here in Carmoney, This is God's strategy for reaching this world. We are, as we often say here in Carmoney, the ecclesia, the church, the called out ones, called out by Jesus, called by him, called out of our old ways of living into life in his name, to make him known in this world. We are the people of God. The letter to the Ephesians is a letter saturated um, with the true essence and identity of the church. And I want to take just a few moments to think through two things um, that I believe will be a challenge and encouragement to you, Dave, but hopefully to all of us here tonight. There are five words in verse 8, and then another five words. And I want to think about this because the, the first five words reveal that Paul knew where he had come from. Paul writes, I am less than the least. I'm less than the least. Have we got these slides? There's no, there we go. I'm less than the least. He knew where he had come from. But then in the very next breath, Paul says this grace was given me because he understood what he was called to. He knew where he had come from, but he also understood what he had been called to. Paul writes, I'm less than the least. I'm less than the least of all the Lord's people. It's like Paul was acutely aware of of his own unworthiness, Dave, his own inability for the ministry task. He was truly humbled by all that Jesus had done in his life. We know that Paul had a bad history. He had previously persecuted the church. He had been so anti-Christian before he came to faith in Jesus. And here in this moment, he's totally amazed at what, what Jesus has done in his life. He knows and has experienced the abundant goodness of grace in the life of someone like him. And in this moment, Paul writes, I'm, I'm less than the least of all the Lord's people. Less than the least of all the Lord's people. You know, David. it's always good to remember where we've come from, isn't it? we've been rescued and redeemed by God's goodness and grace that we've been filled with the Holy Spirit and that we're now commissioned and empowered, licensed even to make Jesus known in all this world. It's so humbling to remember who we are and where we've come from Dave be reminded of all of this tonight. You know there will be days that come and I know you've had days like this Whenever those first five words ring far too loudly in your ears, you know, I'm less than the least. Something like, you know, how did I get here, Lord? What am I going to do with this, God? I don't know if I feel like I fit in. Maybe I don't fit in, God. Dave, don't be put off. Don't be put off. You're in good company. I will join you in that company, Dave but you're in the company of the Apostle Paul in his humility. He knew where he had come from. He knew what life was like before, this calling in a ministry, this calling to proclaim and to preach and to teach and to pastor in the name of Jesus. Do They've let those moments remind you of where you've come from, that this call upon your life is a work of the Holy Spirit of God within you, His spirit has been at work all along through the generations to this moment and it's all grace. But Dave, don't leave it at those first five words. Don't settle there because let the first five words, that kind of I'm less than the least, let those five give way to those second five words where Paul says this grace was given me. The grace of God is upon my life. This grace was given me. Although I I feel like the least, although I don't feel like I fit in, it's this grace of God that has been given to me. Jesus has apportioned this to me. 1 Corinthians 15, 9-10, Paul speaks of the very same thing. He feels like the least. He feels like he doesn't quite fit in, but yet it's the grace of God upon his life. That is why He did what he did. That was who he was, the grace of God within his life. So this grace was given me. Dave, it's what you're called to. It's what God has called you into. Grace is all over this chapter. This grace of God is all over Paul's life, but it's all over your life as well, Dave, and it's all over the life of central, the grace of God. We can see it. We can hear about it. We we sense it and we know it. But we know that Paul's gift to preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ was a grace gift from God. It was given to him by Jesus. You know, in the official warning tonight, and we've heard this already, Dave, you are, you're hereby licensed to preach the gospel publicly as a probationer for the ministerial office. Wow, hereby licensed. Dave, you are here by license, but you know, way more importantly than that, this grace was given you. This grace was given you for ministry, to pastor, to preach, Dave, to pioneer, to lead, to keep doing what you're doing. This grace was given you in the power and in the anointing of the Holy Spirit of God within the local church. This has been apportioned to you by King Jesus, poured into your life by your Lord and Savior. You know, Dave Paul talks about preaching the boundless riches of Christ. What a beautiful phrase, by the way, the boundless riches of Christ. And then that God's intent was that through the church, the manifold, the multifaceted wisdom of God would be made known in the heavenly realms. That's the calling. Boundless riches, the manifold wisdom of God. Declare it all, Dave. Keep declaring it all in central and beyond as the Spirit of God enables you the boundless riches of Christ. Keep declaring that. The boundless riches of Christ and the manifold wisdom of God. There is nothing better to give your life to. Of the boundless of riches of Christ, one pastor um, he prays this he says, Our guilt is gone, our shame is shattered, we're rooted in your love. And we're standing in your grace. We're clothed in your righteousness and we're resting in your forgiveness. We're sealed by your spirit. We're adopted as your children. We have a living hope and a glorious future. Hallelujah, many times over. Preach it all, Dave, in a culture of of fleeting fads, social media, venting, cancel culture, all of that bring this, keep bringing this, continue to plumb the depths, Dave, of the the scriptures, uncovering those boundless riches and the manifold wisdom of God. Let the Holy Spirit apply it to your own life. And then, Dave, every day, every time you, you meet with people and get up in front of people, just passionately bring it all out. Declare that, preach that, live it out in front of your people. Root people in Jesus' love. Clothe them in Jesus' righteousness. This grace has been given you. I'm less than the least. Dave, know where you've come from. Never forget it. This grace has been given you. Step into what you're called to. Keep stepping into that. But one final thing tonight, and this is something that that the Spirit of God has really impressed upon my heart as I've prayed about tonight and thought about you and, and the family at Central. And it's this Dave for those who are to come who you're living for I can't shake this off for those who are to come know where you've come from Dave know what you're called into but know who you're living for for those who are to come not for those necessarily who have already been, not for those who are already there, but Dave and your team at Central for those who are to come. The church at large, our denomination, other denominations, we need churches postured this way for those who are to come. For the last and the least and the lost, Dave. You know, by God's grace, Jesus is still building his church. Amen? Amen? Jesus is still building his church all over this world, but he's building it in May Street in the city center of Belfast. And Dave, I believe that it's vital that you and your team continue, know who you are, know what you're called to, but keep on living for those who are to come. For the generations, have still to come the lost, the last, the least in our capital city, for those still far off, for those who have no notion yet that they're going to encounter you and your people in Belfast City Centre, never lose sight of this, that you would be a remnant, faithful remnant of God's people who contend on behalf of a generation for the faith. You know, I really sense this at the moment. Um, Just to go completely off script, I've been away recently on a couple of kind of preaching trips um, to different places and I believe that there is a move of God happening among us, around us that there is a generation hungry hungry for the things of God seeking first the kingdom and his righteousness there's a generation marked by humility by a hunger for more of what God is doing around us and in us and and through us, Dave. And I want to encourage you guys, I want to spur you on, keep living for those who are to come. Keep your eyes open for them and may God bless you as you do that. I could get completely carried away. I'm going to just stop, Dave, and we're going to pray for you and for joy. And if that's okay, bring your kids up too. Um, so why don't you come can you, could you come to the front Dave and maybe one or two elders from from Money could come forward and, and maybe one or two elders from Central and um, a couple of the team leaders if we could have a small gathering at the front that would be great I know we could flood the stage here but let's, let's have a, a small gathering of folk at the front, come on forward and Rick, Rick is going to pray for you and, and over you guys And I want to say just God bless, Dave, to you and Joy, and to Levi and L, and the rest of the team at Central. We believe in you. We're for you. You know, there's a bit of this, and this is the emotional part. I've only been here a year, but there's a parental thing here that we feel and that we sense. There's a parental love and a sense of responsibility and and a deep desire for your best. And as we stand here with you tonight, we know that there will be days of great joy ahead. We know that, and we're going to celebrate those moments, Dave, and and joy. But we also know that days will come where it's just so hard, and you feel like jacking it in, Dave, and joy. (laughs) You feel like telling them to leave it all behind. But we are with you we stand with you, with that parental love, that care of a, of a family. And this is just a little bit of an indication of that tonight. And so Rick's going to pray. Uh, and we're praying God's blessing today, tomorrow, and for the generations to come. So let's just mark this moment as Rick leads us in
4: prayer. I wonder could we all stand and pray together. Let's pray. Dave, the Lord is your shepherd. You shall not be in want. He he will make you lie down in green pastures. He will lead you beside quiet waters. He will restore your soul. He will guide you in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And even when you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you will not fear evil, for God is with you. His rod and staff will comfort you. God, we say tonight this is all gift. It's all grace. And we thank you for bringing Dave and Joy too to this point this evening. And we stand here tonight and we pray for Dave's heart. Would you guard, protect, and keep it? Maintain his passion for you. Kindle a new sense of love for Jesus in him in the days ahead. And help him to, above all else, protect his heart. God, tonight we pray for Dave's head as he studies more, sharpen his mind, help Dave absorb deep truths about you, your word and your church, give him capacity for deep insight and keep him as a learner day by day. We pray tonight for Dave's holiness, keep his walk pure, keep his ways clean, help him to live a life of integrity in all things. Given perseverance and prayer, a hunger for holiness and a life of humility. We pray tonight for Dave and Joy's home. Guard their little family. Help them to nurture Elle and Levi physically, emotionally, and spiritually. May their home continue to be a place of welcome, hospitality, and discipleship. And we pray for Dave's hands. Equip him to serve you. Grow his gifts and capacity to enable him for even more effective service. Give him the posture of a servant. Help him to offer everything in his hands to serve you. And for this reason, we kneel before the Father, from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. And we pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And we pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know that this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. And we pray together now to him, who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever, and all God's people said, amen. 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 Dave, just before you go, we're going to sing in a moment. We're going to celebrate and praise God for all of his goodness.
3: I want, you to, I want to remind you of, of two things, two critical pieces of information. Jesus said, you seek first the kingdom. You seek first the kingdom. What did he say? I will build my church. You seek first the kingdom. He says, I will build my church. God bless you both.
0: As moderator of North Belfast Presbytery, let me, be, let me bring the greetings of North Belfast Presbytery to you. Let me also bring the greetings from your brothers and sisters in White House. And let me just formally congratulate Dave uh, on, on being licensed tonight. I do want to thank you for uh, the encouragement to my heart that it has been to be involved in, in this process and has been said so much tonight just just to see what the Lord is doing uh, is just wonderful and what he's obviously going to continue to do uh, Dave in this new chapter of ministry and service so may the Lord richly bless you and your family uh, as, as you move forward in, in, in obedience um, I'm going to invite first of all Stuart to come up and then after Stuart Professor Leach from Union Theological Colleges here. And then after Professor Leach, Dave, you're going to say a few words. So Stuart, come on up. Thank you.
3: I've already said a fair bit, um, so I will be brief. I'll be very, very brief, Dave, um, on everyone. Um, but I just want to say a few quick things. Um, the first is this. One of the, I think one of the, the great mysteries of the Presbyterian Church in Ireland, in fact, there are quite a few mysteries. Um, one of them is, what on earth does it mean to be licensed? We talked a little bit about this earlier, Um, but Dave, look, I was an elder in a Presbyterian church for many years before I was in ministry. I was an assistant uh, for a number of years, uh, and now two churches down the road from that. Um, I've been connected to three Presbyteries, convened at other licensing commissions like this one. Um, I've preached at occasions like this before. I know many others who have been in your position uh, on nights like this. Um, I was, of course, licensed myself, and I still have absolutely no idea what it means to be licensed. (laughs) I'm kidding, I'm kidding. But you are in the the official wording of it, um, and you'll hear all these jokes about being on probation. Um, You are officially licensed as a probationer for ministry within the Presbyterian Church in Ireland. So Dave, you're on probation. I I looked this up online. Probation in criminal law is a period of supervision over an offender. Ordered by the court, often in lieu of incarceration. So Dave, just to clarify a few things. Number one, you are under supervision. You've got that sorted out. You've got a supervising minister who's here tonight. Actually, John, you're very welcome um, among us tonight. But number two, Dave, you're not a criminal offender. Are you? No? No? Hopefully not. And number three, I trust and pray, Dave, that none of this feels like an impending prison sentence. I pray that for you. But in all seriousness, um, you know the, the deal with us here in in Kern Money. I and we, um, as the leadership team here and the church family, we're right behind you, um, Joy and the family, um, and the church family in Central I'm certain that we, um, as I said a few moments ago here in Carmony we'll continue to feel that parental kind of responsibility and love for you all, Dave. And on behalf of, of the leadership and elders here, um, let me express all of our uh, gratitude um, to the Lord for what he has done in your life and in the life of Central. And let me also uh, express our ongoing support for all of you, Dave, and um, for the team ga- and the, the community gathered in Central. Dave, you're a very gifted young man with an amazing family and a brilliant team around you, and we are cheering you on um, into the future and all that that will hold. Dave, the verse um, that came to mind for a moment like this. I've already said lots tonight, but in Zechariah 4 verse 6, not by might, um, nor even by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. Take that forward with you um, into the year and the days that are to come. Um, Joy, we have a small gift for you if you want to come forward. Yes, (laughs) you're definitely the better half, aren't you? And We just have a gift. We don't have a a gift for you, Dave, sorry, but I have a gift for Joy. Come on forward, Joy, and I'll give
4: you
3: this. We all know Joy holds it all together, all together. So God bless you guys as a family and the Central Church family too. Thank you. Dave, come on forward, Dave. Thank you for coming this evening. You're very welcome in car money.
5: Thank you, Dave. Thanks, Stuart. Stephen, less of the professor stuff. Uh, Dave the Dave, very simply tonight. First of all, thank you. Uh, to North Belfast Presbytery for, for leading this service of licensing tonight and for Stephen and for Trevor and for Philip for, for your leadership in that and uh, the folks here in Carmoney, those who led in praise and for Stuart as you you've opened God's word to us tonight we really appreciated that and uh, all that we shared on on behalf of Union Theological College and the council for Training a ministry within the Presbyterian Church, I had a huge word of thanks. i hope preemptively, as uh, Stephen talked about buckets outside, I hope there are buckets full out there, because the money that's provided uh, on these occasions goes to the student's bursary fund. That, that's a really important fund within the life and work and witness of our church. Um, we've got 10 new ministry students just about to start in this incoming week most of whom have given up other secular employment jobs or paying off mortgages and so on, and are making this huge step of faith. And during those three years that most of them will study, they're supported by the students' bursary fund and have their fees paid and so on. And so I just want to say a simple word of thanks to those of you who contribute contributed or will contribute to that, and even ongoing year by year through the United Appeal for Mission and how that supports the work and witness of our council as well. So thank you most sincerely. And maybe you'll dig a little bit deeper in your pockets even on the way out tonight too. Uh, Dave, I-, I want to assure you of our ongoing support and prayers too. I've begun to get to know you a little bit and I'm really looking forward to getting to know you a little bit more over the next uh, little time ahead. Um, and I really want to encourage you. It's been great even dipping in and out when we've visited Central to hear what's going on. And that's really exciting. I'm a Belfast boy. And every day I pray for Belfast and that side of Belfast, East Belfast, as you move out that direction. So it's very much uh, just a joy to see what's happening there and the new life and hope that's coming to May Street. So I'm excited to hear about more about that as I get to know you as well. This is a new phase in your life. For those of you who are these technical things, Dave was nominated at the General Assembly this year on a flexible pathway towards ordained ministry of this, of which this evening is a huge part of that. And the panel that interviewed Dave spoke about the unique gifts that he had. And Dave, I, I, I've seen that already, and I'm excited by that. Um, and how the Lord can use you as he's already done in the past. Um, But I also hope you're going to learn much when you're with us at college. But I also think you're going to bring much to college and the folks that you're going to be studying with as well. Uh, And I want you to share what's happening and I want you to share that excitement with those on the ground too. Just one final word of encouragement. Um, I've hot-footed it from uh, the Republic of Ireland earlier today where I was preaching um, for uh, a three-point charge minister. He's got three churches and is also convening to others. They've got five congregations that he's looking after. And I was met by a lovely elder in a room uh, just before I went into the service today. And I looked around the prayer wall that they had up there and it said, pray for central Belfast, Dave Dickinson. It's wonderful, isn't it? The church is bigger than we think. This was a small, remote place just over the border and there was a place that was praying for you. And I was able to say to the folks, I'm going to be at Dave's Licensing tonight and join the dots a little bit for them. But while I was on that journey, I was listening to a little bit of uh, of Tim Keller, as I often do driving back home. And he was talking about the fact that every Christian Needs to be someone who's like a house that has big windows. And every church and every fellowship needs to be like a place with big windows where not only you let the light in, but you also have a chance to look out. And I just thought that was a lovely picture today of a small congregation that was looking out, struggling, but still looking out beyond themselves. And I see something of that in what's happening here in Carmoney and also in Central as well. So, two simple things I want to leave you with today. Thanks for paying for those students. And keep praying for those students. Thanks for your welcome tonight. And all the best, Dave. Okay.
6: Thank you uh, so much. I'm going to make what might be my first and biggest mistake, which is my wife would like to say something. So I'm going to let her say something before I say it.
7: Um... I had the opportunity to speak and make a speech at my wedding and I didn't do it and I regretted it, so I'm doing it now. <laughs> and, and I feel like I've got something that I need to say to you, Dave, but also this journey is ongoing, but it's been a journey. And it's been a journey of um, listening to what God's saying to me and hearing his voice. And it might surprise you that the most poignant thing that God has told me over the last... 13 14 years has been get over yourself. Um, when we first met, I'm from a house church background, moving the things of the spirit, and when I met this presbyterian minister's son, I thought oh, this isn't going to work. Like um and God said to me, "Get over yourself. You don't have a monopoly on the Holy Spirit and the things of the spirit." And that was strike one. Um, Fast forward six months when we got engaged. It was short. Uh, um, the courting period, um, we were. We had signed up for a slot in I-56 in the House of Prayer um, on the Valley Clare Road there. And it was like a middle of the night slot. Dave was in another room. And I was thinking, right, we just got engaged. Obviously, we're not just going to go to this church because it's his dad's church. And we need to find somewhere to be us and for us to like do our thing together. And God said to me, get over yourself, I'm doing something here, and if you want to be involved, then that's up to you. And so, of course, the answer is yes. Um, Fast forward, actually, to Planting Central, whilst I was massively pregnant. Funny enough, that has not been the biggest struggle or the biggest part of this journey, but the growth in the last um, two to three years has been really, really painful in the stretching of me personally. And the sense of, God, have I got the capacity for this? I can't do this. And I heard him say, again, get over yourself. Because it's in his strength and not in mine. And so I submit. And I also want to say to you, Dave, where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people. And your God, my God.
6: Thank you. Uh, Thank you, Joy. I want to say there's a lot of things I need to say thank you for uh, to keep the decorum and everything right. To the moderator, the clerk, the commission for the service. Stephen, I'm delighted it was you because we've kind of walked together on some part of this journey and you were with us for a while and we've loved that. Along with our parent church too, Carmoney for hosting us tonight and the desserts which have been prepared afterwards. I've learned that you don't get between people and desserts, so I'll be quick, okay? Um, So thank you for that. Also to Stuart for the charge, thank you for that tonight. But to be honest, more so than the charge, thank you. Um, Thank you for your encouragement, your challenge, your ongoing support. I'm probably, when that person warned you about us, in some ways that probably was also a warning about me, because that was probably your worst nightmare. The outgoing minister's son, who's also an elder and leads a church plant that you're apparently also meant to be in charge of. Like, that's a nightmare. I'm really grateful for your support, your encouragement, your goodness to us. Really grateful for that, and and friendship. Really grateful for it, so thank you. Uh, I've spent the last week with people asking me, well... How are you feeling about Sunday night? To which most of my answers have been, I have absolutely no idea, right? I'm not actually doing anything. I just get up and say yes, and that's pretty much all I have to do. But my overarching feeling about this week has been, it is strange. It is strange To be here primarily, firstly, as a son of the manse, okay, who made a promise. I I, I think what dad's getting at is there's been a series of things in my life where I've said I'm never going to do something, and then that is exactly what ends up happening. But one of those has been, as somebody that was traipsed around every form of Presbyterian event, I made a promise to myself that when I was getting my way, I wasn't going to anything like this. And now it turns out, not only is there one that is for me tonight, I have dragged my own kids along, and thus the circle is complete okay so strange okay strange it's also strange to be licensed to be honest uh, for a work that started seven years ago in some ways it felt like that ship has sailed Uh, I'm as Jamie has reminded me many times in my life I'm a fake minister apparently now I have a certificate that says I'm not a fake minister when I preach anymore Jamie right so I'm fake when I do everything else except that right so strange too because this in many ways has a lot to do with the call of God and uh, the calling God of my life has always been marked by two things. One has been a deep sense of the impossible and a deep sense of the obvious. And in so many ways, I cannot believe the work of God in my own life to draw me to this point and to bring lots of you with us as well. And things like this and moments like this. Uh, feel like they aren't meant to happen to to people like me and there's an impossibility to what has happened at Central. Every day I arrive at that big old crumbly building, uh, part of the fabric of that city that drives around it every day and I am astonished that we're here. Every day, every Sunday I stand as people flood through the doors, usually at like about a quarter past 11 and not 11 as it's meant to be and I'm astonished at the impossible. Uh, and yet, there is also a deep sense of, of course, this has happened. And, and I feel that. I, it's always felt the intuitive sense of the obvious thing that God has done in my life to accompany the impossible. Uh, in some ways, some part of me deep down, no matter how hard I might have always wanted to go in another direction with my life, I knew I would be here. Uh, and so, those two things have marked really what I've felt is the call that has led me to this point. I wanted to say a couple of things. Church planting is hard, church planting is really hard. Harder than I ever imagined it would be. Harder than I think you can know unless you've done it. And it's been hard on me. It's been hard on Joy. It's been hard on the team of people who have come with me and continue to come with us as we try to lead this thing. I have doubted myself, doubted, as Stuart mentioned earlier on, that I heard God right when he called, doubted, why did we ever do this? And continue to do that and have those doubts on a regular basis. To our church family here at Carn Money, I feel like I never said something to you whenever we went and planted, and that was that we never wanted to leave this place. I hope you know that. As I bumped into Tesco, I bumped into someone in Tesco a short time after we'd went and planted, and he said, are you doing all right? We never see you around church anymore. Have you lost your way? <laughs> to which I was like, you know we planted a church, right? You know? But I want to say to you that um, we never wanted to leave. I love this place. We loved this place. I loved the job I had in this place, and I loved serving and leading along so many, alongside so many of you. We loved it. We miss you. Uh, you are our church family, and this is a special place. To your central family, I hope that we will always tell the story uh, of this place in a way that honors this place as the the family that sent us to plant. But the road that leads you uh, 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 with calling really is that you realize there's a point in your life that it's you who has to hold your hand up and say that I will go. And really that's all that I did. That's really all we did as a team, uh, and it's impossible in many ways for me to detach the story of what God has done to lead me in this point uh, in my life to what God has done with Central. In lots of ways, my story and its story will now feel like they're entwined, and really it's got nothing to do with me and everything to do with this thing Jesus has done uh, in raising up a church in Belfast City Centre. Um, they say that church planters are all a little bit narcissistic, okay? You're laughing because I definitely am, Right? But it's this sense of belief that is within you that something can happen that nobody else believes, right? Some part of you has to believe it, otherwise you would never do it. You would never have enough courage to say you'll go. And so I know that that is some part of my life, right? But I also want to say that I'm probably more aware than I ever have been of how flawed and not up to the job that I am. I'm so aware of how fallible I am, aware of how far I still have to go in the long obedience in the same direction as Eugene Peterson called it. So I want you, my church family, to know that I'm not all that you think I am, right? I'm not perfect. I will make mistakes. I still have very far to go. And thank you for, so, for how you've walked with us so graciously. But I also want to say tonight that I am more sure than I ever have been that there is hope and life and about 300,000 as yet unknown stories of lives being transformed in the city centre of Belfast. And I am more sure than I ever have been that this central is what it looks like. You are what a city being transformed looks like. I want you to know that, right? It has nothing to do with me and everything to do with you lot and how you point away from your lives to the person and presence and truth and mercy and grace and goodness of Jesus Christ. I am more sure than I was seven years ago when we planted central that the city needs central. That the city needs you. Paul says that incredible thing in 1 Thessalonians 2 when he said, For what is our hope or joy or crown of boasting before our Lord Jesus that is coming? Is it not you? And as I look out at you week by week, how you follow Jesus, your integrity, your hunger, your holiness, how you are trying to see a city transformed, your desire to go after all God has for you, I kind of know how Paul felt then when he said of that church that he thought of them as his crown. Tonight marks a step on the journey, and I believe that Central is a catalytic work inside the life of PCI. There is life in PCI, and I believe we point to hope and possibility and daring and adventure. And you have followed us this far, so I want to ask you Central people, would you follow us a bit further? So those not a part of Central but feel called to go after a pioneering work with your lives, I would say do it. I'm so grateful for how PCI has made space for us, as we have, in many ways, done things in reverse, right? You don't tend to do things this way. You go and get the ordination stuff sorted before you go. I recognize we're doing things the wrong way around. Uh, but there is space within the life of PCI for pioneering works, and I would say go take risks, follow the leading of the Spirit in your lives to see lives transformed and cities changed, and if we can help you in any way, we would love to do that. To PCI, may what is happening at Central, what Jesus is doing in Belfast, be a prophetic challenge to the denomination I love and I'm committing myself to tonight to find its prophetic and pioneering imagination again that we might not settle for managed decline but become that creative minority that I believe the New Testament bears witness to and calls us to become, witnessing to the rule and reign of another kingdom and the life of another king. I believe that. And and I believe that we might be that prophetic witness to that. And finally, thank you. Leading church, even more particularly planting church, will cost you everything. And there has been a cost on my family for every time you, our church, gets me, these guys lose out, right? Every time you go out in the evening, it's kids who don't get you at bedtime, it's dinner times missed, it's time with family that miss out. And so to you, Joy L. Levi, thank you. Thank you for your patience. Uh, thank you for your grace. Thank you for how you have poured yourself uh, into, into this. I pr- I've promised that I perhaps won't do things the way my dad's generation did, right? I have promised that. I will have better boundaries. My phone won't be my ruler. I will embrace the limits of my life, okay? I think you guys are already learning that I am a dreadful WhatsApp responder, and I intend to keep things that way, okay? Okay. <laughs> Thank you to the leadership team at Central, okay? Helen Warnock, Helen Carrick, Thomas Carrick, Jamie Nish, Lydia Neish, Joy Dickinson, Ross Martin, also to Rick Hill, who was part of that team that originally went, and to Linda Hetherington, who's not with us because she got married. Linda Hetherington, now Linda Adams, who got married and now lives in the island of Aran. No, she didn't run that far to get away from us, right? It was voluntary. Thank you for coming with me. I really appreciate it. I'm so grateful for it. Thank you for the courage. I mean, you hadn't even heard me preach. And I thought that after the first night when I got up to do the benediction and literally pronounced, and now I pray the benediction, amen. That is literally what happened, right? I thought that might be it. Thank you. Thank you for your support, your faith, your integrity, your vision, your prayers, and most of all, your friendship. Thank you too, particularly to my family, or the Daffia as they are known, right? Don't mess with the Daffia, <laughs> for just being you, and to my dad for the one for whom I have learned so much. Dad's critical and, and most important advice recently on Central was, "I mean, son, you haven't stuffed it up." So you know, for insightful knowledge like that throughout my life, <laughs> I'm really thankful. Um, But I could know no better mentor and leader in my life. Uh, And to have served under you has been such a great gift. And to my mom, who isn't with us anymore, for the things I learned from her too. Tact, because I definitely didn't learn that from you, Dad. Pastoral care, (laughs) discernment, how to say so little and say so much. I know we tend to, to be suspicious of family ties in the Presbyterian Church in Ireland, but it's all I've ever known and I'm completely unapologetic for it and thankful for it, especially tonight. But also thank you. Uh, From myself, Joy L. Levi, you, uh, our central church, you have so poured your lives into ours. It is our privilege and one of the great joys of my life to minister to and with you. We are humbled by your faith and your friendship. We are challenged by your integrity and belief. We are spurred on by your encouragement to us. They say in ministry you should never get uh, too close to the people that you minister to. But I think that's nonsense, and we have no intention of that being the thing that, are, that marks our life. Um, we have loved living alongside you to this point, uh, your lives and ours and yours. So thank you, our church family. Thank you. Thank you.